we're back. It's the Brown Kids, and we're mad witty. We're always mad witty. Uh, so I know that we said we were going to take a break before 2018, but you know what? We just couldn't stay away. And I had the idea of giving the people something for New Year's. You know, I wanted to have something for us to end 2017 the right way by looking back at some of the best music we heard this year. Um, we've had some heavy topics for the past few weeks, and uh, I think it's time to keep it light as jogging gear, as Lupe once said. Oh. What do you think, Jay? Let's keep it light as jogging gear. So first and foremost, for anybody who wants to support us and everything that we're going to be doing in the next year, follow us everywhere at MadWitty. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff, whatever social media is your personal flavor. Um, you can email us if you're old school. You can send us an email if you want to at madwitty at gmail.com. That's M-A-A-D, witty. Is Jay ready to jump into it? Someone send us an email. Please send. Uh, just be the first person to send us an email. I want to know who that's going to be. <laughs> mom. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> so we're going to talk about our top five hip-hop records of 2017. And just... Right out the gate, I want to clarify what our lists mean, what spaces we're coming from. So Jay and I have different listening styles, I think it's fair to say. I probably spend more time digging in digital crates than Jay does. Is that fair, Jay? We know this to be true. Okay. We saw our 2017 rap for Spotify, <laughs> and yours doesn't even account for all your title listening this year. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It was a really high number. And it wasn't everything that came out this year, which is good. You know, I think it's good to listen to things that aren't just happening in the moment. Uh, be reflective, because good art has been made before 2017. Um, so my answers are going to be maybe a little bit more obscure, partly because that's my listening habit, and partly because I didn't want us to have too much crossover with our stuff. So without further ado, I think this intro has gone on long enough. Let's jump into it, Jay. Let's jump into it. Number Start us five. off. Number five, what you got? Number five, I have got. In no particular order, by the way. We don't want we don't want any nasty comments saying how could you rate Drake number three or <laughs> whatever you're gonna say. So just for me personally, it's out of order. I don't know if Jay, you have it actually in ascending order. I have Do it you? in order. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. That that caveat's just for me then. Jay is just ready for your vitriol. Yeah. Uh, I want you to know what my number one spot is. Go for it. Um. So my number five spot, All American Badass. Joey Badass. It's a great record. It's a great record. So when artists have dropped music this year, there's been a lot of energy provided by our current political climate. And a lot of artists have tackled these issues and these questions in a variety of different ways. And Joey takes these questions and fuels his music kind of directly head on but in a way that doesn't feel preachy at all, is really laid out with clear passion and thought and foresight into like what we are facing and, and how it might go. And it creates a really valuable record, which is worth going back to, and a super catchy, super bumping single. And all of that amounts to a fantastic hip-hop record. I liked it a lot, and I listened to it again the other day, and it struck me, because there's a part, um, I forget which song it's on, where he says, F Donald Trump, and when I first heard the album when it dropped, 
that really resonated with me. You know, I was really jazzed up about it because there hadn't been too many artists that had actually put it on wax yet because there hadn't been a lot of albums that had been released post-election. But hearing it now, it felt a little bit hollow. I'm not going to lie because it's just like there have been so many things that have transpired since this album came out where the expression of F Donald Trump doesn't really sum up feelings toward the current president. That said, that album is fire. The Schoolboy Q assisted track rockabye baby is fire peace to my slimes peace to my crits neighborhood police and they always on the shift protect my bloods look out for my cause when it's all said and done we be the realest there was who else if just not us if you bout this revolution please stand up we ain't got no one to trust it's still in rotation so is uh ring the alarm and those are back to back on the album. If you haven't heard it, please go check it out. If if for nothing else than those two songs, because I mean, I'm just gonna put a plug in for Land of the Free. I love that track and that hook is so dope. Like, Yo, get on it. He's one of the few rapidy rappers who has an ear for melody and knows what a good hook sounds like. So he knows how to marry hard beats and hard rhymes with musicality. So I'm excited for Joey's future. He's um, this is his crossover album. Um, there was some pop-ish leanings on there, but not in a way that betrayed his fan base. And I think he's on a very upward trajectory. So I'm excited for Joey's next Super up. exciting. And I will say that American Badass with three Ks, you might think that that's a little contrived, but I love it. I think it's a statement in and of itself, the fact that his album has that in the title. Totally. And I think he's connecting to a hip-hop lineage that has been doing that for a long time because it, it's a statement unto itself, just like you said. I love it. Okay. Do you want to go? Five. You want my number five? Mm-hmm. But yours is not an actual number five. It's just in the top five. Right. Yes. Um, so I'm going to go with, again, probably somebody that y'all haven't heard of. And that's because he's a teenager out of Atlanta. He just signed to J. Cole's Dreamville label. His name is JID. That's J-I-D. It's an acronym. But I believe it's actually short for a nickname he had from his grandma as a kid because he was jittery and she would call him JID. And he has an album called The Never Story that came out mid-year. And it's so good because, well, first let me say it's very heavily influenced by Anderson Pac. And if you don't like Anderson Pac, you're not going to like Jid. <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't like uh, either one of those things, but just as a heads up. But he has such gifted, young, eclectic talent. And he has so much to say in a way that's unlike a lot of other young Atlanta rappers that I'm sure we're all listening to. Jid did not go that way. But he's also not like a lot of the other people on the Dreamville uh, imprint. I think he has a very one-of-one type of voice. And uh, I'm stoked, dude, because he's so young. This looks very promising. It's great. For those who haven't heard it, go listen to Never. Okay, never been shit, never had shit, never knew shit, never out, never do shit, damn, but a nigga never gave two shits. Never been a bitch, never had a rollie on a wrist, never had shit, I'ma take, never ask him, give me this, give me that shit, give me everything, give me everything. Again, never been shit, never had shit, never knew shit, never out, never do shit, damn, but a nigga never gave two shits. Never been a bitch, never had a bezel on a wrist, never had shit, I'ma take, never ask him, give me this, give me that shit, give me everything. I'm really, I don't know what the meaning behind this cover is, but it looks awesome. I'm about it. Cool. I have nothing else to add because I don't know who he is and I didn't know he was signed to J. Cole. That's going to be another recurring theme, I think. Uh, this episode, don't worry about it. Just, what's your number four? Let's hear it. 
Thanks, Patrick. I feel so validated. Um, number four, uh, Big Fish Theory, Vince Staples. Oh, Vinny. My man. Vinny, making the cut. Um, that is a fantastic album. Again, I mean, like I'm going to say this all the time. This is my top five, so just get used to it. So he is lyrically just like in tune with how to write sharp, cunning lyrics. Um, and that gives him an edge that not all rappers share. And he did it over what he wanted to start musically doing. And his album feels a lot more electronic than a lot of other hip hop that's out. Um, and that gives and adds weight to his effort and makes it a lot more unique than a lot of the other albums that are on my list. And then he has tracks that just bang like bag bag. Oh, mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that track. Um, and then I think it's big fish. Big fish is hot. Chia. Are we going to talk about? Yeah. Right though. <gasps> you haven't mentioned yeah right yeah, i've been waiting right. for you to Why say, didn't yeah, I say right. anything about yeah right I oh don't my know. god okay my question to you though is are you still fronting on that kendrick verse though because when it first came out mm-hmm. i know you had some questions mm-hmm. about whether it was dope mm-hmm. and i was like jay this verse is dope though yeah that verse is dope though okay all right cool, cool. You, you came back around That's <laughs> i nice. came back around it does totally it totally works like after you start listening to this album and like the general fit like you know kendrick's still like steamrolls a little bit but it works and it's fine right his steamrolling technique fits the song I don't think that was on purpose. He just can't help himself most of the time. But man, yeah, right. So good. Pop till it's vacant. Pop till the wrist pop. Pop till he's shaking. Pop like four on the floor. I've been in rotation. No allegation. Popular demand. I understand my name. It's only for conversation. New York nigga be like dead ass. LA nigga be like on the dead homies. I was off the porch like FedEx. 211 got bread on me. K. Twat like the side dice. Roll like fried rice and cup rubber strip. Uh, temporary pimp. Nah, I don't remember them. Just can never yell. And I love that Vince knows how long to make an album. Even when he put out Summertime 06, which I think was a double album, it not only fit the theme of what he was saying, because it was a long, hot summer, um, there was no filler on that record. Like, all those songs were important. And same thing with his Prima Donna... Was it a mixtape? Or was that an EP? Anyway, when he dropped Prima Donna, it was the exact same thing. So when Big Fish dropped, I was like, ooh, Vince, you always know what to do, man. Mm -hmm. This album is... 36 minutes according to spotify oh, perfect and it's just you know it's 12 tracks it's like a very reasonable length it's fantastic it really i wish is. other artists knew how to cut from 19 okay i'm just gonna jump right over that one <laughs> um so let's do my number four freddie gibbs you only live twice yeah. The future started yesterday, nigga. Every minute feeling different, now I'm not the same, nigga. I admit that I was timid at a younger age, nigga. Daddy asked me what I wanna be, I said a pain, nigga. Whipping extras out the pot, I gave myself a break, nigga. Heavy sin, I can't remember last time I prayed, nigga. So the devil introduced me to cooking cocaine, nigga. On the blade, seven days, ain't babe for shame, nigga. I was thugging with my trait, ay. Motherfucker president, I got a presidential trait, I run a check up like a taste Let me say this about Freddie Gibbs, because I love me some Freddie. If you took 50 cents ski mask away and put it in a machine and turned it into a person, that person would be Freddie Gibbs, which is perfect because actually Freddie has talked about how heavily influenced he is by early 50 cent, but he took what 50 was doing as far as like street content, but he made it a little less contrived and he talks about things from a perspective 
that doesn't really glorify anything. He's just speaking very frankly about his experience because Freddie is everything that he talks about. He is not lying. And the things that he talks about on this record, part of it is a reflection of his recent incarceration. And part of it is just him like thinking while he was locked up about his life. It's very self-reflective. He talks a lot about his relationship with his fiance, I believe. I don't think they're married yet. Um, I could be wrong about that, so excuse me. But the songs are so hard. The man has an ear for beats and hard bars. He's also one of these dudes that does his own hooks, going back to Joey Badass. They're not as melodic, but he knows what words should be said together on a hook, just to get you from verse to verse. You know, it's not about blowing your mind, but he's like, I don't want to lose you between verses. I want you to keep nodding your head. Freddie's great at that. So go listen to You Only Live Twice, number four. And another very reasonable album length at 31 minutes. Yes. Can we get more 30-minute records? We need more 30-minute records. Yo, don't you want the streams? Like, if it takes me an hour to listen to your stuff, I'm not going back, bro. But if I finish it in half an hour, like, oh, okay, cool. I'm still driving. <laughs> I got time for a second listen. Let's do this. I wish I had more to say about Freddie, but as Patrick well knows, I haven't listened to a ton of Freddie I don't have much to add, but I'm looking at this album cover and I love it. Um, on its own, it's making multiple statements. Um, yeah, go look at the album cover. Yo, the album cover is so good, it inspired beef between him and Logic. Do you know about this? No. So Freddie posted a video of his, or either a photo or a video of his album cover. And then not long after that, Logic posted uh, the photo of his album cover for his album that came out this year. I don't know if either of us are going to mention that album coming up. <laughs> um, I'm, my guess is no, um, but that's no shots at Logic. There's just better things that came out this year. Um, but if you look at the cover of his album, which is entitled Everybody, and put it next to Freddie Gibbs' album, you'll see some slight similarities. Um, and if you don't, Freddie Gibbs did. And he called out Logic for that behavior. And if I'm not mistaken, Logic apologized for it. Um, and they're, they're on good terms now. But all that to say, the album cover is fire. You ready for three, Jay? What you got? Number three, more life. Drizzy, Drizzy, mm-hmm. Drizzy. So many things to say about Drizzy. I love Drake. Like, let's be real. Let's just be real for a second. Like, lots of people have felt like Drake's not like a rapper's rapper. Um, he's not man enough to be a rapper. Um, you know, whatever else you want to say. Drake has always come right, like with being able to kind of put what he's feeling and thinking on record, um, in ways that are engaging and capture your attention. He started to feel a little formulaic at the end of nothing was the same and moving into what was the name of the record views? after that? Views. I hated Views. That's why I can't remember that album. Um, I disliked Views. I felt like, okay, now Drake has figured out his formula and he's going to stop trying. And that's how I felt at the end of Views. And I listened to Views like all of twice. Um, that's also a long album with a lot of filler on it. Long album with a lot of filler with him doing his formula. Um, doing it well. One Dance got like, what, a billion plays on Spotify or something? One Dance is still good. I can still listen to that and not be sick of it. All that to be said, like, when More Life came out, I was like, man, I hope I get excited about Drizzy again, because Take Care is like one of my favorite hip-hop records of like all time. Um, It's like up there. I love it. It's so melodic. It gets you engaged. He's real. There's songs on there you go to when you're feeling like you're about to break up with somebody. Songs you go to when you're falling in love with somebody. Like, a full range of emotions, and you and you just feel you feel in it more life is not that but more life 
starts to map out a trajectory for Drake where he doesn't have to be completely formulaic and he can get on tracks and just rap, which is awesome. And then he can jump on track and just sing. And that's awesome. Shout out to Blem and Passion Fruit. Like those tracks are like my jams. Loved it. Anyways, so that's number three. I'm with you, dude. I was on a lot of airplanes this year, and the two things I bumped most on those airplanes were coloring book, because I was still in the coloring book zone, <laughs> and and more life. Um, everything between, like from Free Smoke, which is the opener, all the way through, oh man, I can probably go down to Galchester, and I'm just like, I don't skip anything. Like, it's all good. Yeah, met her once and I got through. I'm never washed, but I'm not new. I know I said top five, but I'm top two, and I'm not two, and I got one. Thought you had one, but it's not one, nigga, nah. Hermes Link, Ice Blue Mink. Tat on my ribs like I do not know what permanent is. I mean, I know he calls it a mixtape, but there really aren't. Playlist. Oh, sorry, he calls it a playlist, you're right. And the beauty of a playlist is it's sort of like a tapas situation where you take what you want. But this isn't even really that. Like, I can listen to the entire thing all the way through. Yeah, speaking of length, like this is an hour and 20 minutes, and this is just, it's a solid hour and 20 minutes. It is. It is. As many of you probably know, when the album came out, there was more discussion about Drake maybe appropriating Caribbean culture, um, hopping on some world music sounds, and using it to his financial benefit without totally putting other people on who he's exploiting uh, for these sounds. Now, Drake and his people will say, yo, this is just Toronto, man. Like, this is how Drake grew up. This is what he grew up around, which is a defensible argument if that's what Drake had been doing since he's been around. But Drake just started doing this a minute ago when he was like, yo, I've kind of reached as far as I can go with like the traditional rap structure. I've won my best rap album Grammy. You know, I'm tired of getting nominated in the rap category. Like he was really upset when he was nominated for a Grammy for Hotline Bling and it was in a rap category because he's like, that is not a rap song. Like, don't call me a rapper. So I'm like, oh, what do they think? Just because I rap a little bit. This is all I am. So he didn't even submit more life for Grammys at all for that reason. So, you know, I hear where he's coming from. He wants to branch out and do different things and try to experiment with the formula like you were talking about, Jay. He might need to answer for some of his behavior. He might not. But it's a dope tape, though. It's a dope tape. Uh, I, I like that. I mean, and it's interesting. I mean, this kind of comes back a little bit to our N-word discussion and about appropriation and, like, what that means. And it's such a good point, like, thinking about the fact, like, you know, Drake hasn't been doing this. And... It also, like, it boggles me for people to just be like, like, why can't Drake just be like, yeah, you know what, actually, I fucked up for a second. Like, let's put on the artists that need to be put on, and then, like, let's call it good. Exactly. Just just say I'm sorry. I know. Drake is a notorious flow jacker, though. He stole the Versace flow from the Migos, which almost killed the Migos, because they were just like, yo, this is our thing. Like, (laughs) what are you doing? Like, thanks for, like, elevating the song. Because that's sort of Dre's thinking, too. If I'm on your song or on your remix... Maybe I jack your flow, but you get way more visibility because I'm on it. No one's Googling your name unless I'm on your song. Shout out to McConan, who is somewhere. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> so he jacked the Versace flow. He jacked um, Cha-Cha from Drum and made Hotline Bling. The instances are everywhere, and I don't think Drake is going to stop anytime soon because he has said that he does this because he hears something and he thinks... He can put his own spin on it. Like, he, he said it unabashedly. He doesn't think there's anything wrong with it. He's just an artist remixing art and repurposing it 
for his own well-being. If only you put on those artists as you do it, though. Exactly. Shouldn't Drum maybe be on the Hotline Bling remix? Or maybe even be on your album. Who knows? Or you could be on his. It reminds me, I mean, Drake's own mistake at the time, um, but him jacking the Big Sean punchline game, ruining Thank Me Later with it. Like, it's all over that album. Um, But Big Sean has no track on Thank Me Later. Um, they ended up doing like some mixtape song together. I think it's called like Made or something. Um, but you know, Big Sean never really benefited from Drake's jacking of that flow. He didn't. He didn't. I mean, maybe he came back around and paid it back with uh, blessings. But which you know, I still bump. It's one of the few Big Sean songs I actually bump. But Big Sean's a different topic for a different day. Big he will not be on my top day. five, despite dropping at least Big two projects Sean. this year. Uh, it does not make my top five. If we no. have time, we'll do a disappointment of the year. But if not, I just want to say, Big Sean, you're a huge disappointment to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it, Big Sean. <laughs> yeah. You should go home and cry because you're only signed to Kanye's label. Uh, anyway, that's the beginning and end of my disappointments list. So my third hip hop album that I want to say for 2017 is going to be Odyssey. My dude Odyssey out of DC, if I'm not mistaken, he's from the DMV area. So excuse me if he's not directly from DC, but he dropped this album called The Iceberg. And he's one of these rapper producer types who is just, he's not trying to be anything that he's not. He's in his pocket. He has a great ear for musicality as well. The range of sounds that he pulls from, I think are beautiful. And he's just, he's touching on topics that are relevant to maybe not your everyday man, but certainly your everyday working rapper who's not, you know, in the upper echelon of the Drakes and Kanye's and Jay-Z's. He's talking about the pursuit of artistry. He's talking about the war against superficiality and how he, how he can be true to who he is while also achieving some modicum of success. And I think he does that really beautifully on that record. And uh, the soundscapes are great. I would say listen to a song called Things. On my mind when I wake up. On my time try to take up. If I could save up money like worry, I'd be a rich man, but sorrow plague much. I'd have made up the fiction that I'm a center of a system causing the day rust. Send a stage in the monologue, play a me in the audience, all in my makeup. Jay's marking it in his phone, I think, right now. <laughs> so yeah go check out things um odyssey's dope i've also been told that we look very much alike um which i'm cool with because it's one of the first times that i'm not thinking that a person is being racist by saying that it's actually kind of true i was 100 percent gonna say that and then i didn't because i was like you know what i'm probably being racist but that makes me real happy no you're good that's dope because uh yo dude if you can be like this dude that's cool i would this, love to- th- i love i love this album cover this is awesome it's great right yeah i love this i know it's, it's so simple and it's just so profound at the same time it's minimalist it suits the theme of the album if you know the name of it it means even something more so yeah that's my that's my artsy fartsy pick Number can i three. just say i'm just i'm just so mad at you why are you mad i just I, I hate that you can like come through and i'm just like saying all the things that people already know about and you get you get to come through and be like yo 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 you know odyssey you know jid like you know check them out like this is so dope. Like, I know you haven't heard of it because I'm Patrick. I listen to all the good stuff. I'm sorry, man. I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm not. 
Yeah. Because we wouldn't not. have a show if we were both just like, wasn't 444 amazing? And then, you know, then you'd like stop that. recording. Like, yeah. nah, man, come on. Yeah. So that's where we're at. I'm just okay. upset I was with also, you. I was also joking when I said Drake was number three on your list at the beginning of the show. But apparently he was he number was. three. Because I, I know you like that. We're on the same wavelength. We're on the same wavelength. Uh, you know about me. Number two? You got number two? Number you ready? Two. Let's I have this. a feeling you're not gonna you're not gonna be a huge fan of this, but he had to end up on the list. Um and I know you would have rather him not be on this list for a variety of reasons, which we can get into. Uh, so it's Jay. Four four four. It's number two. I apologize. Often woman eyes took for my child to be born. See through a woman's eyes, took for these natural twins. The believe in miracles took me too long for this song. I don't deserve you. I harass you out in Paris. Please come back to Rome, you make it home. We talked for hours when you were on tour. Please pick up the phone, pick up the phone. I said don't embarrass me instead of be mine. That was my proposal for us to go steady. Okay. Um, and you, you've already got thoughts. I see that. I, I want to hear your that. thoughts first. Go ahead. Um, I will say, you know, we'll get into honorable mentions. I feel like now is as good as time any to talk about honorable mentions and like why they didn't end up at number two. Um, because we all know what number one is. Um, you know, Big Crit could have ended up on the top five. Um, Vic um, wouldn't have made the top five. He's like a solid just in the honorable mention category. Um, and then Brockhampton with Saturation 3. Uh, but Saturation 1 and 2 are both dope. You should check them out. Um, yeah, so like maybe Crit could have made the top five. Maybe I could have dropped Jay from the top five. But Jay-Z, for a variety of reasons, I think, should take the number two spot here. So he's an established name in hip hop. He, in a lot of ways, has like a formula and knows that he is a mogul and he has a name and he doesn't have to do anything and he can sell records. Like, let's be real, you call your album Blueprint 4 and you'll sell as many albums as you want. But he didn't do that and I'm glad he didn't. This is a whole different take on who he is as a person, a reflection on himself as a husband and as a father and as a son um, in a lot of ways exploring roles outside of who is Jay-Z the rapper and who is Sean Carter which is really really awesome and I think he deserves recognition for it which he is obviously going to get from a variety of different um, sectors and I do think that although there is there's something problematic about Jay profiting off of off of his infidelity, um, which I know Patrick and I have talked about before. And at the same time, I think it's it still puts a like a shining light on his own vulnerability and his own imperfection and his own flawed nature as a human that is like so profound and so important. Hearing Jay talk about being in therapy and how amazingly transformative it's been for him, like that's awesome. Which by the way is on that New York Times interview. If you haven't seen it, go watch that. Check it out. Um, yeah, but I know you've got thoughts. Well, you're right. I have some thoughts. Uh, let me preface them by saying I do think it's a, it's a good album. Um, and I'm not mad at any of the attention that it's gotten, um, in the news. I don't blame it for it being nominated for anything this year. If it beats something that's better that I think we're going to talk about in a second, that's a whole separate conversation, but you're right. I have some issues with some of why it's gotten attention the Beyonce part aside um, and profiting off of not only your infidelity, but the success of Lemonade, that that's a whole thing. But aside from that, we just did a whole podcast last week about an artist that we wanted a reduction in their output. Um, the kind of things that they were doing, we wanted them to reconsider 
and sort of peel away certain things that they've been doing. And I think Jay did that with this album, but I think Jay's getting a lot of credit for taking away things. And I think when we give critique and we want artists to peel layers back, it's to provide an opportunity to say something else. And I thought what he decided to fill that vacuum with, intentions aside, was not particularly impressive to me. I think he possesses a ton of lyrical skill and a ton of artistic vision. And I thought what I heard was probably Jay-Z at half speed. And maybe he feels like he can't say the things that he said if he's going full speed. And if that's true, I respect that. But I, I think he knows the heft that his name carries. I think he knows the heft of what a Jay-Z release means to the culture, even still, you know, 20 years on from Reasonable Doubt. He gave us something different. I wouldn't say he gave us something that was as much of a fulfillment of his potential as I think he could have at this stage of his career. So I'm disappointed in that respect. Which I think then also speaks to like why Jay-Z might end up as a number two on my list and not for you because I don't like Jay-Z that much. What? Yeah, no. Have we not talked about this? I don't think we've talked about this at all. Yeah, we'll get into that at some point. So yeah, so like hearing this record to me is like, oh, this is this is dope. I like Jay. (laughs) I mean, I will say it's probably his best record since American Gangster, which was 10 years ago. So if you're someone who doesn't listen to a lot of Jay... And maybe someone who didn't bump American Gangster that much. It's probably the best thing since, you know, Blueprint 1, which is crazy. People people bump American Gangster. Do they? I feel I, like it gets overlooked in his best albums yeah, list. Pitchfork loved American Gangster. Well, Pitchfork kind of knows what's up, apparently. So Yeah, I taught Patrick. Like, Pitchfork knows the deal with hip-hop. Patrick was skeptical about this. I mean, I thought they were hating our rap for a long time. But Jay, because I stopped reading as a result, but it sounds like they have gotten their act together in recent years. So it's all good. No beef with Pitchfork. We love you guys. Um, okay, so that was your number two. My number two, I'm going to go with someone who I didn't even think was going to make my top five, and that is Tyler, the Creator. He put out an album. Man, okay, well, let me first start by saying that Tyler is a dude that I was a little bit scared of <laughs> when I first listened to him, like in an enjoyable way of like, this dude is insane. Like, he's not even pretending. Like, he's actually crazy. So I had a fear response, but I loved it. When the Yonkers video dropped, oh my gosh. I was impressed. Apparently Kanye was impressed. I remember him, like, tweeting it out when that was back when Kanye never tweeted. And that was a big deal. So I was like, okay, Tyler is legit. I'm going to listen to his music. And it, it was a lot of horrorcore, a lot of, like, murdering and raping people and speaking ill of homosexuals. But even when all that stuff was coming out, as an older person who has, you know, experienced what it's like to go from being a, a late teen to an adult, I was curious to see how that would affect someone like Tyler, who was very out there speaking ill of an older generation of rap, saying that it's boring and it doesn't speak to him and Odd Future, that they're on some next level stuff, and he was just being true to who he was and pushing the culture and things like that. But I wanted to see what age would do to Tyler. And he's been a spokesperson now, like whoever would have thought of that. He's a designer now. He changed his Twitter handle from, I believe it was Fuck Tyler for a long time. And now it's just Tyler the Creator. So he he's evolved. I wasn't sure to what degree until I heard this album. And man, not only has he evolved as a person and the things that he wants to glorify in his music, his ear has evolved 
too. Like if you listen to his first like three albums, it's pretty harsh stuff. But the soundscape of Flower Boy, which is the name of the album, if I didn't say that already, um, the soundscape of Flower Boy is just so luscious, man. Like it's it's beautiful strings, and the drums aren't like smacking you in the face; they're like patting you on the back. <laughs> and uh, the features are fire. Frank Ocean is in prime form on that record, and Tyler is talking about sort of his evolution. He's talking about his relationships with other people. He's talking about his place in the culture where he thinks colored people should be and what they should be doing. And I think it's really beautiful, and I'm proud of him for making it. There was a whole thing about him maybe being gay and admitting that he was gay on the album, which I don't really want to get into because that's his life. I'm not going to dissect his lyrics, trying to figure out if he's gay or not. Um, But I'm just really happy that he put it out. And I think it deserved the nomination for a Best Rap Album that it got, and I hope more people are listening to it as a result. Yeah, Tyler freaked me out with his first album and I quit. You quit? I ran away. Oh, I was like, no. I can't do it. I'm not I'm not the same person that was listening to like the horrorcore Eminem stuff and like I can't do that stuff anymore and so like I ran. Um and That's I fair. tried I tried to turn back a couple times. I'd be like, okay, maybe Wolf will be different and like I, I don't remember at what Wolf point. wasn't different. Um and then <laughs> I tried to listen to Cherry Bomb and then I couldn't get into the soundscape of Cherry Bomb. Um and so I dropped that too. So I didn't even, if I'm going to be honest, I didn't even try to listen to Flower Boy except for 911, Mr. Lonely, which is a Frank track. It is. Um, wow. And Frank Ocean's on a second song also. So that's your incentive to go back and listen to it. He's on the uh, the second song on the album. Ain't nobody fucking with tea, but that just may be my ego. Go, go. But don't be too cool, you might freeze, because niggas get stuck in the cold. Shit weighs a ton. Water your guard on my nigga. Stun on these niggas. Tell these black kids they could be who they are. Now you hear blue, shit, I'll do it too. Look, I smell like Chanel. I never walk up with my manicure nails. I coconut oil the skin. I keep the top low because the follicles thinning. But other than that, man, it feels like I'm winning. Oh my God. Okay, so I have to go check that out. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you're saying that because I think a lot of people hear the name Tyler and they're like, no, we know what Tyler is. But Tyler is changing. And I think uh, I think as an artist, we owe him the opportunity to do that and to stick with him and see where he goes. It's awesome. And we'll put in just a side note, like Frank was just putting out singles like left and right this year. And like if he had just like turned that into like a little project, like that would have made my cut. I mean, Chanel is like one of the greatest songs I've heard all year long. Oh my God, so good. Okay, anyways. All right, are we ready for number, number one? Number one, my number one, which is really also Patrick's number one, let's be honest. It uh, is. But he'll have, <laughs> he'll have his like little deep cut or whatever. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Let me do my honorable mentions first. Yeah, Before do we do number mentions. ones. Okay, so honorable mentions, Rick Ross, Rather You Than Me. Ross is a, he's also a divisive figure, but man, is he a model of consistency. He, if you know what you're going to get when you put on a Rick Ross album, you are going to get sexy beats and just like your annual meeting with the Don. <laughs> He's just going to tell you about the family business, how to make some money, pat you on the backside and be like, hey, go hustle, homie. And uh, sometimes you're just in the mood to get that pep talk from the boss. Santorini Grease. Oh, my gosh. Just listen to like the first Five bars of that song. Seen a Cuban kilo, I was 15. Huh. Dylan Yayo never had my teeth cleaned. Restricted license, but I'm so divisive. I know the snipers and I flow the nicest. Fresher than Groovy Lou at a Coogee shoe. Ah. Multiple weapons in my new Gucci boots. The bank account done caught the Holy Ghost. Huh. 
Um, Stormzy, I wanted to have a grime entry on this list. Stormzy has an album called Gang Signs and Prayer, and go listen to First Things First. That's all I'm going to say. It's the intro to the album. It goes hard. I write first things first. I've been putting in the work. I'm a rebel with a cause. Had problems with the fam. I had problems with the gang, but I put that shit on pause. I've been gone for a while, but I saw you niggas smile when I cancelled all my tours. Someone tell him that I'm back. I don't never ever slap. Grab my gun and go to war. For anybody who doesn't want to give Grime a chance, this is a good entry point for that sort of thing. Don't let Drake tell you what Grime is. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what just popped up on my Spotify as I was like typing in Stormzy? Um, uh, Jaden's effort. Um, that, that, just for the soundscape. If he wants to release the instrumental version of that album, I will bump it incessantly. It's so good. And is that Willow who opens the album up? I think it is. Yeah, and just include that as well, because like, that is beautiful. It really is beautiful. Uh, my last honorable mention is Gucci. And you might be thinking, wait, Gucci dropped like 14 things this year. Which one's he talking about? I'll tell you. Drop Top Wop is fire. He's a very prolific dude. He dropped, I think, three projects. Drop Top Wop was the first one that came out, if I'm not mistaken. The features are great. He's right in the pocket. Um, for whatever the pocket means for Gucci. I love that he's figured out where he fits into the culture. So shout out to Gucci. Honorable mention. All right, Jay, let's hear your number one. So number one, drum roll. Kendrick, Lamar. Kenny! You know him. Kung Fu Kenny. Damn. Damn. Which also encompasses my thoughts on the album. Damn. I kind of um, wish he had called it damn and not damn. Because that's, that's what I call it whenever I say what I'm listening to. Yeah. Who's listening to you, bro? Damn. Yeah. Damn. Mm. And it feels so good. I hadn't listened to it for a minute. Um, and then Patrick was playing it recently at a friend's house. And I was like, oh, man, I need to jump back on that train. And I did. Because that album is going to be one that lasts through time. This is his third classic in a row? Yep. Okay. Another classic right back. And so I want to I want to say a few things about Damn because um obviously it's amazing like if you listen to rap like this was like this was a rap album. That's awesome. Can I be real for a second? I was so nervous. I was so nervous when Humble came out because I was like I'm cool with 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 Kenny like being on his, you know, swagger. But man, I was like, "Oh no, is this going to be like the polar opposite of to Pimba Butterfly, and I think that this this album connects so closely to Pimba Butterfly. It's like it's it's hard to emphasize like how important to Pimba Butterfly is in like why Damn even happens, right? So, for those of you that don't know, right, to Pimba Butterfly. First of all, if you don't know, go listen to To Pimp a Butterfly. I know that Patrick's got his deep cuts and all this from this year, whatever. No, no, no. If you haven't listened to To Pimp a Butterfly. That is your number one priority. Patrick? Absolutely. Listen to Jay. Please, forget everything I said. <laughs> Put September Butterfly at the top of your to listen list immediately. Um, and so, just because it's worth saying, um, to Bimpa Butterfly is Kendrick's just amazing artistic vision of his journey as a person and artist, his pain and his struggle, superimposed on the struggle and journey of Black America and his role in that process. And 
as a result of the Pimba Butterfly, Kendrick was put on this immense pedestal of like Kendrick is our savior. Damn is his acceptance and simultaneous rejection of that pedestal and a re-examination of Kendrick the flawed human and does so in a way that is incredible and, and it's just hard to emphasize how amazing Damn is because Damn is arguably as deep and meaningful as to Pimple Butterfly and yet way more accessible for the average listener. And so Kendrick on Future's Mask Off remix, he completely sums up exactly who he is in one line. And it's fantastic. Patrick, cut cut that in like right here. Plan em, plan em, plan em. Gotta look yourself and ask what happened. How y'all let a conscious nigga go commercial while only making conscious albums? How y'all let the braids on Patrick? I think Kendrick was at a crossroads after that album and how well it was received because that could have been his crowning achievement and he could have either walked away or continued to put out whatever kind of album and had like a decent career but we'd all look back and be like man that two album run though good kid butterfly oh shoot but the pressure was on and he decided to accept it but i feel like the only way that he could is to be like so i'm on this pedestal I don't know how much I deserve it because I know who I really am. And that's all over Butterfly, talking about how he's struggling with fame and all this pressure. So I think the only way he could have, I won't say topped it, but come out with something that people can appreciate and on the same level or close to, is to have an analysis of Kendrick the man. So to give everyone what they want, but while also dissecting what his intentions are, what his roots are, spiritually what his roots are musically what's important to him and i think making damn was the process of figuring all these things out and as a byproduct of all that we got an amazing project and because kendrick is also a genius artist and knows how to mask all of this self-doubt in a way that makes him look cooler in, in a very odd way not every artist knows how to do that i shout out kanye for that very same thing of like i have all this these issues with self-esteem but I'm going to put on this mask and be like, but I'm still dope though, you know, but I'm dope because you guys know what's behind this mask. And that's, oh, it's such a, a slick move to pull and it's hard to pull off. And I respect people that are able to do it. And Kendrick really did that with them. Beautifully put. Best rap album of the year, by the way. Best rap album of the year. Man, I, I, oh, I swear if 444 beats, I'll be mad. I'll be real mad. Oh no, no, it won't win the Grammy. If it does, yeah, we're going to have a whole podcast about that. But, uh, speaking on like damn isn't just like you know this is like a hip-hop podcast so we focused on hip-hop albums but damn is the best album of the year like hands down um and like i know that i don't listen to as much like music just in general as many people out there um but i listen to to some diverse stuff like for like an average listener i think i do a decent job and it is it is just so good few artists can do what kendrick does you're absolutely right I don't want to go on for too much longer. So I'm, I'm just, damn, it's great. If you haven't listened to it, I don't know how you haven't. It's been everywhere. Um, but if you've only heard the singles, please go listen to the album cover to cover. There's a whole story there for you to follow. If you want to be one of those people who like, you know, sees the clues, um, you're more than welcome to do that. But it's very rewarding on any level that you listen to. So please go do that. Okay, so my number one with a little bit less fanfare, since we already agreed that Kendrick is number one for both of us is again someone y'all ain't heard of, but his name is Joyner Lucas. And he put out 
I think it's an album. It could just be a mixtape. Anyway, they're all projects. We need to have a whole conversation about what is an album, what is a mixtape, does it even matter? But Joyner Lucas put out um, a project. Um, I'm going to shorten to 508, but it's, a, it's his phone number. Whether it's actually his phone number, I don't actually know. Should we text him and find out? Let's do it. 508-507-2209. Hit him up. So what I loved about Joyner's project, again, he's a new generation uh, of rapper talking about street culture, but he has the artistic spirit that I think is sometimes lacking from someone who has come from a more difficult background, who has turned to rap for financial incentives. And he's done something similar, but he is so creative with the stories that he tells. He targets the same content that rappers before him have targeted, like strip club culture, like drug culture, like poor neighborhoods that he comes from. But the way that he handles those topics is in such a way that, uh, like, let me give you an example. He has a song called uh, Keep It 100. And it follows the same storyline as an old Nas song called I Gave You Power, which is about the lifespan of a handgun and how it is used by different people to different effect and what happens to that handgun at the end of that. Um, but Joyner flips it and talks about uh, the lifespan of a $100 bill and how it's brought into the lives of these different people throughout. I think it's like a six-minute song. Hey, hey, don't you make one motherfucking move. Empty that register. I know you don't need my help. Hurry the fuck up, look. So let me repeat myself. Give me the cash, follow instructions. Don't be fucking moving. Because I hate to kill you over something stupid. Now hand me the bread and place your hands on top of your head. Take my tough advice. Turn around and count to 100 if you love your life. And the way that he makes you empathize with everybody in that story is a talent that very few rappers have. And that kind of talent is all over this tape. And I think he, his rap style is similar to Logic. So if you like Logic, you know, that's a plus. In that the, the speed at which he raps and the way that he can fit meaningful things into that speed and isn't just sort of superfluous like, you know, your occasional twist verse is where he's like, yeah, I'm rapping fast, but what are you rapping about? It all means something, and he's using it to great effect. Um, so go listen to it. Joyner, I think, is going to have an excellent 2018. Y'all probably heard about I'm Not Racist. If you haven't, go watch the video. You'll have a conversation with someone about it after you watch it, for better or worse. But that's another example of how outside the box Joyner is thinking with a rap single. So shout out to him. Shout out to Joyner. That's our top five, bro. That's our whole top five. It's like a beautiful top 10 of the popular and the less popular stuff. Yes. You might call it underground if you want to. Underground. The underground. Anyway, um, that's about it, right? We can that's wrap it up. That's about it, yeah. So uh, check out those top fives. Listen yeah. to them. We're, Let us know what you think. They'll be posted up um, for anybody who wasn't just like jotting this down in their car as they're driving. Um, this will be... On our IG and on our Facebook, all those places that I told you to go follow. So follow us at MadWitty on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Mom, email us at MadWitty at Gmail. Subscribe to the pod. Subscribe. Share it with your friends, guys. If you like it, share it. If you don't like it, let us know why. Why aren't you sharing? Because we're trying to get better. Uh, Yeah. And this is a whole movement, brown people. I'm saying. Anyway, um, for real this time... 
Enjoy your 2018. This has been it for 2K17. So until next time, this has been Brown Kids. Mad witty. Peace out, y'all. Top five, top five, top five.